What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Welcome, Horror Movie Night, to an in-depth discussion about the award-winning <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex, shot in the year of our Lord, 1993. Uh, this one was picked by Scott Rogers. So, Scott, do you have a second to tell us a little bit about this lovely film? Um, do you want me to explain why I picked it? Yeah, let's get into that. Why not? It's Tammy and the T-Rex, bro! Like, <laughs> I've been waiting for a year to watch this shit. Um, I have a I have a genuine question for both of you though. When mm-hmm. you hit play on this movie, what was the title screen for you? Oh, I don't remember. Mine was Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Could, that that could have been it too. Yeah, man, this movie this movie threw me through a loop. I was just more <laughs> I was more confused the whole time. Uh, because Matt and Scott kind of already know this, but I I thought this movie came out 2019 i thought this was a movie that was shot to look like a cheesy 90s movie so i'm like man that dude looks like paul walker um everyone looks so young and i'm like man this doesn't make any sense and i couldn't get past the mcfoil and how young he looked (laughs) so i i finally go to google and i find out that it's a 1994 movie and then matt lets me know like yeah it was released as a family movie They, they cut out all the gore scenes and then i was confused the whole time because i'm i don't know what 
they kept in this movie that could tell a cohesive story. Nope. I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't either. Yeah. Like I, like there's not a lot of stuff that can, unless they reshot it. Like, I don't know. Has anyone seen the original? Anyone I ever? have friends who've seen the original who've always told me about the movie. But when the gore release was announced last year, that's when everyone was like, holy shit, we're finally going to see what this movie was supposed to be. I just want to know what it was. Now I know what it was supposed to be, but I need to know what it was. I kind of have to watch the movie now. So here's the It's thing. so funny. Like, he's the inverse of everybody. He's like, oh, I want the clean version. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not watching it until I can see a fuck ton of decapitations. Well, now, now that I have, I just, I want to see the clean version because it does. I, I'm so confused on what they could keep in this. Yeah, well, I get it. I just think it's yeah. funny. <laughs> so here's real quick before we dive into this. Let's talk about the production of this movie. Uh, and I'm just going to read the, the excerpt from Wiki. But uh, the director was approached by a man who owned theaters in South America who had an animatronic T-Rex, which was going to a park in Texas. The eyes worked, the arms moved, the head moved, and he had it for two weeks before it had to be shipped. So he came to me and said, we can make a movie with it real quick. And I said, what's the story? And I said, he said, I don't know what the story will be, but we have to start shooting it this week. So you better write the story. <laughs> uh, all the locations were shot within 25 minutes of the director's house. And he stated that there was a large fire which took place during the shoot. And as a result, smoke can still be seen in the background of most shots. As I'm sure everyone knows, I loved this movie. I watched it twice in two weeks because what I, I got it and I was like, well, guys, I'm so I bought it off of Vinegar Syndrome because they were releasing it on Blu-ray and uh, I, I bought it on Black Friday and blah, blah, blah. And I watched it. I, I loved it. And I knew that we were going to do it. And so um, I just was like, okay, well, I'll watch it again next week and take notes. And, oh, man, it's just such a good fucking time. It's And it's like, we've talked about this before, but, like, crowd-pleaser movies, for sure, is, like, my biggest regret was that I wasn't at Fantastic Fest when I could watch this with an audience because I have a feeling this movie fucking slays with, like, just a rowdy crowd of mm -hmm. movie fans. Hell, yeah, dude. Like, th there's nothing there's nothing bad about this movie. Every bad thing that happens or every bad part of this movie is so charmingly stupid that it's like this is this is a warm blanket of yeah. a movie with decapitations. So one of the things that I will say before we dive into this, uh, just because they definitely helped me craft a few of my notes, is I watched this movie with the Jersey Ghouls. Uh, oh, nice. Neither of them had seen it, and I was going over to record an episode and was like, hey, I have to watch Tammy and the T-Rex for the podcast. Do you all want to watch it with me? So I will say that the first thing, the, the movie starts off weird right out the gate, but it really, I feel like you get what this movie is as soon as the fight scene happens. <laughs> um, yeah. That fight scene, like there's so much to, to die, like break down with that scene. Not just, I mean, there's the testicle grab, which is like the, <laughs> where it Testicular standoff. They're doing like full blown wrestling moves, like body slams and shit. And while that's happening, the entire crowd is acting like a rowdy boxing arena. Like, like everyone's just like, yeah, yes, <laughs> like just like so excited. And then like Tammy and her one friend. Who side note? This is the most insane thing to me. Is if you go on the wiki page for Tammy and the T Rex. And you look at the cast breakdown. It's like Denise Richards as Tammy, 
and like Paul Walker as Michael or whatever. But then it gets to her friend and it's like the actor's name as Tammy's gay black friend named Brian Black. That is the full credit he's given. Wow. And that's essentially what his character is because it's yeah. always reminding you of that. You got to keep in mind that that was pretty fucking progressive for 1994. Oh, for well, sort of. Because here's the thing. The and they director, left out voodoo? He's yeah. a voodoo guy. <laughs> so the, the director of this movie made three movies before this uh, that are all infamously terrible. He made Ice Pirates. He made Mac and Me. And then oh, he, this is the Mac and Me guy? The Mac and Me guy. And then he made Mannequin 2 on the move. Oh, I love Mannequin 2. But... The gay friend in this is the exact same character as. The- <laughs> but you got you got to think. As I thought. <laughs> this is this the the coolest thing about this movie is this director made three. I guess Mac and Me got traction, um, but three not very big movies by any means. Got two nobodies that were in uh, that were in TV shows, right? Like one episode of TV shows up until this point, and they both the both the main characters are superstars the other thing is there's the testicle standoff which ends with like the joke that paul walker's been wearing a cup the whole time which again leads to multiple questions like how did the guy not realize he was grasping the cup? <laughs> maybe he thought he was excited man <laughs> <laughs> i'm really enjoying this fight <laughs> uh but brian the other big thing in this movie so yes he got two people who were nobodies at the time but then he got a big old somebody to play the mad scientist because he got fucking bernie from weekend at bernie's to run around playing this crazy mad scientist the whole that's time. bernie someone that, someone that plays a dead guy wouldn't be a big old somebody <laughs> i don't think you understand how massive weekend at bernie's was at this time oh weekend at bernie's was huge if there's one person who knows what this movie is that they are in it's him because he is all over the place, and it's delightful. Like him and his assistant Helga steal oh my the God. movie. Helga's Helga's outfits steal the movie. I don't. Well, she's she's dressed like the the chick from the B fifty twos. The whole movie. Yep. Like no it's matter amazing. what scene. Uh, Jackie also pointed out that it's like a weird blend of like B fifty twos and uh, uh, Al Bundy's wife on Married with Children. Ooh. Like those are the clothing <laughs> choices. The whole movie. Nice call, Jackie. But uh, or or Marissa, one of them. I can't remember. It was late at night. Oh, but, how dare you! Sorry, it was. We were all yelling things at the screen. Anyway, the the so we get to Paul Walker, right? Paul Walker's laying in bed. He's listening to music that sounds like Melissa Etheridge, but they obviously can't afford Melissa. Etheridge. Nope. So it's like Melissa Eskeridge. And... <laughs> but the funniest thing about Melissa Eskeridge is that. <laughs> So for someone who can't get a name right to save his fucking life, you know Melissa Etheridge. Uh, do you know how many times I practiced that delivery in that line? <laughs> Ridiculous. You're too but much yeah. free time. But yeah, so Tammy calls him, and this is where we start to see the biggest problem with Tammy, which is that there's no rhyme or reason to any of her emotions at any no, second. No, not at all. So she's calling him, and the delivery that Denise Richards is giving is like damaged about to kill themselves so much trauma in their life <laughs> like phone call and paul walker is acting like jason biggs while watching nadia strip on his computer <laughs> like he's just like yes yeah no i'll be over right away and she's like okay we just gonna let my parents know he's like okay i'll stay well no i'll climb the house and then and then he's like 
I've got my one condom. <laughs> Uh, I will I will attribute this joke and this story. Uh, but when that happened, Jackie goes, you know, as a little girl, because of movies like this, I always believed that guys just had one lone condom, <laughs> to which I said, no, if they're anything like me, they've got an economy pack of condoms that they have to throw out soon because the expiration date is rolling up. <laughs> and if they're anything like me, they don't have any. Never did. Never will. So you've got Tammy, who sounds super damaged and depressed, but then the second Paul Walker gets into the room, she's like giggly drunk. Like she's just like rolling around, knocking over tables. Her dad <laughs> calls the house phone from the house, which is weird. Yeah, uh, that's like some some white suburbia thing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but like then, like the the two punk girls or or part of like her ex boyfriend's gang are like, "Yo, we should call her parents." And the other one's like, "No." He should call Billy. And they're like, <laughs> which like these same characters literally like five minutes later in the movie when they think that Billy's about to kill Paul Walker, just like no one can ever know. What done. <laughs> the boyfriend shows up. And at this point, Paul Walker becomes Paul Runner because he's trying to get away <laughs> from the gang. I hate this episode already. Matt has never been punnier. This is incredible. <laughs> I am fully erect. He's tearing through this town, but for whatever reason, this town has a wildlife refuge that's oh, just man. filled with, like, lions and panthers. They have a panther just, and a tiger. Just roaming, yeah. just roaming around in a caged-up area, but they, thank God they got bolt cutters in the back seat of their cars they can break in there. And then, like, Paul Walker gets attacked by a lion, and we go to the, the hospital, and, and he's not, not, dead. not a scar on him. Yeah. <laughs> it was tearing at his face, and his face looks pristine. Well, he bit his arm. That's true. He did get his arm. And that's what killed him. This is where probably my favorite delivery from uh, Bernie comes in, where he's trying to revive him, and he's just going, Live! Live! <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. <laughs> oh, man. This movie is just comedy fucking gold. It's so, it's so wacky. And did you catch? who the pizza delivery boy is in this movie. Mm -mm. I got to tribute Marissa's husband for this one. Cause I, he said, I'm like, there's no way it's fucking Pedro from Napoleon dynamite. Oh yeah. I did actually catch that. I did catch that. I just forgot. Uh, so let's talk about, I didn't write any notes down about this, but I know that there's things that we have to say about the brain removal sequence. Oh man. It's so fucking funny. They give him a boner. And then it's like waving. He's like, that, this movie, oh, if you watch this movie and you are not entertained by just the sheer stupidity of it, it's <laughs> like, you might be brain dead. Yeah, it's but absolutely it's like, insane. Jackie and Marissa also figured out that the assistant, you know who the assistant is, right? No. Children of the Corn, the main kid from Children of the Corn all grown up. Oh my oh. God. Oh my God. And he's a terrible actor. Oh man. Yeah, he, he is. But then, is it like... When does Helga get felt up by a bait, a T-Rex arm? Yeah, they put the brain in and he's testing the hand and the hand just keeps going up her skirt. Yeah, like that's that's not, that's sexual assault, but yeah, okay. Um, the best part about it is that I thought that they had a dinosaur, that, that this, this mad scientist made a dinosaur. It's even better that he made an animatronic dinosaur. Yeah, that he just wants to have a human brain in for reasons. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it, they literally made the movie around 
the fact that they had that animatronic T-Rex and they were like, they're not going to hand wave away the fact that it's a robot. <laughs> they're just like, here, take it. <laughs> they they have Pedro bring the, the two large pizzas and they literally, that was the food on set that day. <laughs> it didn't have any catering. I, I love that they start using the top of Paul Walker's head as like an ashtray for their fucking pizza crust. <laughs> like just... Tossing it in there like it's a little tiny trash receptacle. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And then we get uh, our first de- decapitation, right? Oh my god, it's so good. And then it's, we get a head squish. We get a head squish, and then we get the worst green screen T Rex walk I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's it's so bad, but I don't even care. I laughed so hard. But I mean, it leads like, to the scene that I show everyone when I try to sell them this movie. I send them the telephone yep. sequence. And I showed it. Okay, so um, I was watching this. We don't have a DVD player hooked up in the house anymore. So I got a Blu-ray DVD set like it, it, because like I don't have a Blu-ray player, but I have an old DVD player. And so I got it out of the basement and I hooked it up to my um, computer. And so I'm watching it. And the first thing that we have not, that I, we totally just trampled over is the fucking T-Rex Man song. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a dinosaur man, a prehistoric <laughs> dude, king of the jungle, coming after you. Um that's those are the actual lines. And Megan was like she knew what I was watching and she's like what the fuck is that song? Uh and I was like baby, it's Tammy and the T-Rex, get ready cuz she's like walking around the house doing something. And and I, you know, I I'm, I'm listening to it in full blast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible husband. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I was like, Megan, Megan. She was about to like leave. And I'm like, come, come, come here. And so I, I, <laughs> I show sudden, her. You turn in, you turn into Beetlejuice. Like, yeah, come, 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 come. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, literally became Beetlejuice for a second. And I told her to come over. And I showed her the T-Rex on the phone. And she rolled her eyes so hard. I thought she went blind. <laughs> it's. I think it's the the perfect comedy beat of checking for change. It's like <laughs> yeah, really yeah. For, we get to this party and like uh oh you mean the 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 fat guy with the the like Nazi helmet? Who is he? And where did he come from? And then he's just gone. Yeah, and, and and he's like not upset that the girl that he was trying to like mac with doesn't want to dance with him anymore. He's like, "All right, see you later." You know what? I wish I had that level of like confidence you have to be drunk as hell to do that man fair enough you know i was so glad i was watching the gore version because like you know when you're watching a movie or tv show and they just kind of you you guys have had poison ivy right yeah you you know you got a gigantic poison ivy boil that's just full of like pus and poison ivy oil and you know you shouldn't itch it because if you itch it It'll get everywhere. It'll be disgusting. If somebody sees you, they're going to be like, oh, God. And you'll be like a leper, right? Yeah. And th- and so you itch around it like a half an inch away from the actual poison ivy scratch. And and, and it, it kind of alleviates that itch, that need. That's what so many movies do. Tammy and the T-Rex takes their fingernails and just digs right into that poison ivy boil. It gives you what they you all- want. And they kill, like, you'd think that Billy would be, like, one of the last people No, to die, they kill him, like, like, 30 minutes, and it's amazing. Yeah, 
And it's probably my favorite kill because he, we get just another decapitation similar to earlier, but we have that head explosion when it hits the ground instead of yeah. just like gently landing on the ground. Yeah, but before that part, we get two guys who try and hide from the uh, the T-Rex under a car and the T-Rex puts its foot on the car and squishes him. Amazing. <laughs> but then Michael kidnaps Tammy, I guess we could say, and uh, he tells her who he is through a rollicking game of charades <laughs> she finds out that it's him because he eats a, a yellow rose again <laughs> oh so wacky there's some weird implication well <clears throat> let's just wait till the end and we'll get to the implications so then they go to michael's funeral and there's a couple things happening here thing number one is that you've got three grave diggers that are just standing perfectly still in the background in <laughs> move number two there's a T-Rex behind everybody and no one seems <laughs> yeah. to notice it. Yeah. Number three, the other tombstones in this graveyard are just two tombstones made out of cardboard that have <laughs> the worst handwriting I've ever seen on them. And four, Tammy is wearing a crushed velvet mini dress with that like crucifix chain metal belt. And when and my mind when I saw it, I just did the Italian yum hand like yeah. Well, and then they go to try to be like, okay, all we got to do is get Michael's old body and we can put his brain back in it. And apparently, uh, there's just no mortician in this town because they open up that casket and <laughs> yeah. he's he's like months rotted at this point, filled with maggots and rats. But then they, they have another amazing scene, though, where they go through the... Um, the hospital. Oh, they, oh the know, picking they, they for the a body. The, oh, my and, God. And, and, and Tammy doesn't want the big dick corpse. <laughs> not for me well it's for me <laughs> and i like that michael for a couple seconds did consider the female body like they they showed him the female body and he's like maybe i could i could work with that <laughs> tammy's like i don't want to be with a girl i want to be with a guy and he's like hey same sister <laughs> it's like a really good line so then they end up not picking a body at all it get all the way it gets to this they're hiding in a barn there's a big standoff. People die, mostly the mad scientists. And does Helga die? Does Helga get to live? I can't remember. I I don't know, but the, you're forgetting that the dino flips the bird at people. He does flip the bird at people. He's like, hey, suck on this. But then Jesus. they they kill the dinosaur, quote unquote, and then we get this little stinger at the end. Follow Tammy, and she's full of joy. And you're like, but your boyfriend just died. Your T-Rex boyfriend just died. And she goes up into her room, and there's a camera hooked to the wall, and she starts talking to the camera, and the camera's talking back, and then it pans down, and the brain is hooked up to the camera and a computer, and Tammy very excitedly is like, hey, those those hikers that were frozen in the mountains uh, finally were found. I'm going to go check on those bodies, and hopefully we'll have something for you. But in the meantime, you mind if I just strip for you for the next, I don't know, seven minutes so we can get this to a full 90? <laughs> Man, I I used to hate Denise Richards. But Tammy and T-Rex really turned you around. Because she knew exactly what it was. You know, like, oh yeah. in Starship Troopers, I just thought that she's being an idiot. And in Wild Things, I was like, oh, she's just being a sex symbol. She marries Charlie Sheen, and I'm like, you're just a stupid idiot. But there is, she's, like, completely aware of what she's doing in this movie. And she seems genuinely happy doing it. Like she looked like she had a blast making this movie. I don't know. Maybe that's just me 
my I joy. Think everyone, I think everyone had a good time. I think it was just fun for everyone. But like, uh, I, you know, this really humanized Denise Richards for me because I, I don't know, like I just thought that it was very endearing that she made such a silly movie and seems to be honestly enjoying herself even in her like, Wedding dress lingerie is very odd, but the brand can consume alcohol. She, yeah. So and, and she's still in high school, right? So where does she get this like scotch or whatever that she pours on the brain? And then we see a brain in a uh, bowl come. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Credits. The uh, amount of the the amount of alcohol that was poured directly onto a brain could probably kill a brain. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing, but, you know, we just watched somebody get their brain inserted into an animatronic Tyrannosaurus Rex robot, so... That's not like it holds. Man, I fucking love this movie. Actually, I I didn't touch a whole lot of my actual notes because uh, we went through a lot of it, but there are two legitimate notes that I have, just looking at them in all caps where I say I fucking love this movie. It's it's a blast, man. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're expecting the revenge to take the entire movie, and he kills the entire gang before and, the 40-minute mark. It's amazing. Yeah. He's been a dinosaur for about 10 minutes, and he gets his vengeance. Like, yeah. it is insane. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Um, so, double features. What are you guys feeling, Scott? This is your pick, so you obviously kick us off. All right, well, I can I have two? Uh, save the second one for after we all give them because I also had like two or three that were floating around. In my okay, head. well, it, you know, gun to my head, I'm gonna pick the pick the only other Blu-ray that I have, Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. Okay, because they are they're my two favorite movie, probably two favorite horror comedies I've seen in the last five years or something like that, and also they're both so incredibly bombastic and they knew what they were doing. 
you know, they were I, making a goofy ass movie. And there's a lot of head trauma. <laughs> I would probably pair this up with Carnosaur. Now, Carnosaur or Carnosaur 2? Because I've only seen the second one. Carnosaur. Mine is a little weird. But, like, hear me out on this. Wait, are we talking about your dick? Yeah. Mm, classic. <laughs> For some reason, I kept thinking about Pee-wee's Big Adventure while I was watching this. And it was for two reasons. One was because there's the scene where, like, I'm pretty sure there's a dinosaur in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, right? That, like, crushes up the the bicycle before, like, the clowns Mm -hmm. come and take it away. But then also, when he was in the wildlife reserve, I was thinking about the part where Pee-wee's walking around alone in the dark, and then he turns on his night vision goggles, and he's just surrounded by lions and (laughs) panthers. And and also, don't forget the line when the cops are there, and Denise Richards is like, he... He made this, and he was like, I don't make dinosaurs, I just train them. (laughs) (laughs) So, Scott, what was the other ones that you were thinking of? Because I wonder if we have the same one as a backup. Frankenhooker. Yep, that was mine as well. (laughs) Brains in in jars of fluid, absolutely. Weird, wacky, mad scientist, sign me the fuck up. Frankenhooker all all day, every day. Scott and Brian, what do you guys have that you want to promote? Give a thumbs up, say, yo. Check this shit out. I want to go last because for once I have a few things. I'll make mine real quick. Uh, like I said, I watched this with my good friends, the Jersey Ghouls, and I believe by the time this episode's out, the episode that I recorded with them about House on Haunted Hill and the Tingler as a Vincent Price Ooh. William Castle double feature uh, will be out. And, you know, we didn't really talk about the movies as much as we really broke down the concept of like why William Castle deserves your utmost respect. But uh, yeah, give that a listen. It, it was, I've always had fun doing Jersey Ghouls, but I think this was the most fun I've had doing Jersey Ghouls. So definitely go and check that out. It's awesome. So I will go next, and um, I want to talk about some literature. Ooh, you getting your learn on. <laughs> I had a really bad experience with uh, a horror novel right after Christmas. I read uh, The Twisted Ones, and I didn't bring it up when I finished it because it started out so strong and then it took a really annoying turn and I was really disappointed that I bought the book, you know, I mean, yeah, a book's 15 bucks. It's not the end of the world, but at the end of the day, like I would like it if I buy a book for it to really fucking wow me. And it's either, I like to buy a book, read it. And if it's so good that I want to read it again, I keep it. If it's good enough that I want to tell somebody about it, I usually give it to someone to read. It's kind of like a, I'm like, I loved this. I want to share it with you kind of thing. So like I buy it and then give it away. And Twisted Ones was not, I, I didn't love it. So uh, Megan, uh, as I'm sure I've mentioned multiple times, Megan's favorite book series is uh, Philip Pullman's His Dark Material, which is, uh, you know, The Golden Compass, which was a movie in the early 2000s too. And then um, they're doing the His Dark Material TV show now. That original trilogy was, she read that when she was young, um, and now he's doing a prequel trilogy. And the first book is called uh, The Book of Dust, La Belle Sauvage. And um, I'm in the process of reading it right now, and I'm not one for prequels because I know what happens later. You know, and so it always feels like the the tension and the the enjoyment of the book is kind of ruined by knowing what knowing the future, basically. But this is actually a really entertaining read. I'm about halfway done with it. It's like, you know, 500 pages. It's not like, and I'm only reading it right before bed, but it's really fun uh, and I'm really enjoying it. I forgot how much of a, how much enjoyment I get from reading his characters. So love it. 
highly recommend it. And I'm only halfway done. But then I want to talk about a movie based on one of my favorite books of the last couple of years, Annihilation. One of the big things with Annihilation, the book, is that it's almost impossible to visualize on screen the concepts of that book. And I think that they did a great job of taking the core concept of the Shimmer and what happens in Annihilation and the kind of Lovecraftian nihilistic feeling of the book kind of retool it to a more visibly presentable concept. And so for me watching it, it still had a lot of the same beats and it had the same kind of dread that reading the book had. And the book was so good. Like I I loved Annihilation. Anybody that hasn't read Annihilation, read it. It's so good. Skip the other two books in the Southern Reach trilogy because they're really reaching. (laughs) And I don't mean that as a pun. They... I don't think that you can come back from the end of Annihilation and do two more books. Also, Annihilation is a tight 120 pages. It's not long. Uh, so it doesn't need to be three books. In any case, the movie, the actual characters, like Natalie Portman's character in particular, is far more interesting to me than her character was in the book. So uh, that really, I mean, I could watch Natalie Portman and I could watch her drink a glass of water and be enthralled. She's just an amazing actor. And also her character in the movie kind of gave me a Megan vibe. And so I was watching it being like, "Mm," I had my hands in my, my chin in my hands. I'm like, "Mm, I love my wife, you know, the movie was so good. Um, And I really liked the way that they presented the concepts and it was very well paced. So I put it off because I was expecting to not like it. And I, and it's on Hulu and I was like, okay, I'm going to finally watch it. And I was very pleasantly surprised. And I felt like energized in modern cinema <laughs> after watching it. Cause I was like, okay, this is a good movie. Brian, you had a bunch to rattle off. Just a, just a quick few. Um, Outsider on HBO. Really digging it. Really digging it. Everyone should check it out. At, so um, what's what's the can you tell me the concept of that because I'm getting bombarded by ads but I don't know anything about it. Without giving any spoilers, right? Uh, Jason Bateman gets picked up for murder, um, for the murder of a small child. Um, there is insane DNA evidence showing that he killed this child, um, and his alibi was that he was in another town um, for a conference. And there's video. And also other insane DNA evidence showing that he was in this place. And that's pretty much the premise of the show. It's like, how is this guy in two places at once? I think it's super, super cool. Is it supernatural? It could be. It could not be. We'll have to uh, watch and see. God damn it. If it's not supernatural, I'm not going to watch it. It's super I mean, it's based yeah. on a Stephen King book. Like, oh, 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 did you say Stephen yeah. King? I missed that. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'll watch and that then, shit. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, other two real quick. Uh, Avenue 5 on HBO also is... I watched the first episode last night, and I was I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Josh Gad, man, is really fucking funny. And on Amazon Prime right now, anyone that has seen Uncut Gems and liked it, um, the Safdie brothers who wrote and directed it, their first movie is on Amazon Prime. It's called Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson. Same thing as Uncut Gems. Uh, full-on anxiety attack. The Uncut Gems is a better movie. 
um, and a little bit more realistic, but I was nauseous and dizzy the whole time watching the movie. Uh, so that was the masterpiece known as Tammy and the T-Rex from 1993. And if you're just, you want some more of that sweet, sweet dinosaur talk, you are in luck. <laughs> Go over to patreon.com backslash HMM podcast because we're going to be talking dinosaurs. Did you know that I took a dinosaur class in college? You're about to find out why I don't talk about it very much. So, tune in for that. Go to our notes in the episode for all of our social media links, but we're HMN Podcast on literally every podcasting app and social media app, and our website is that. It's pretty much HMN Podcast will get you where you need to go. Uh, We'll be back next week with a movie that I picked that uh, is also about... um, it has nothing to do with time in the T-Rex. I don't know what to tell you, but it's got giant animals, and you know that I am a sucker for giant animal movies. So, check it out. We'll be back. <laughs> Bye. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.